Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. That was Jacob Dylan. I'll listen to that a little later on in the show. Uh, that was Echo in the Canyon. Uh, so coming up to kick off the show is mental health expert and modern and talking about modern motherhood, uh, Catherine Winch. She's joining us right now. Good morning. <coughs> and God bless you. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Perfect timing. Then that's never happened on the show live. So. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Now that I got my sneeze out. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I, you know what I always say? Um, my most embarrassing thing would be to, to burp or hiccup, so... Don't worry about the sneeze. Oh, there you go. You're right. You're right. I get to pass. So, Catherine, how did you get to where you are now uh, with doing what you're doing, a modern motherhood and mental health expert? Well, I suffered um, from what I refer to as my dragon of self-doubt for 20 years of my life from age 15 to 35. So despite being successful on the outside, I always felt like I wasn't good enough, that I had I had to do more in order to be loved and respected. And then I eventually slayed that dragon of nice. self-doubt. And now I study mothers all around the world and women, and I help them do the same. Let me just mention that your founder, uh, your CEO of the Mom Complex and author of Slay Like a Mother, How to Destroy What's Holding You Back So You Can Live the Life You Want. I love that because we do have all this negative talk and anxiety. You know, you might think other people have it together, but there's a lot of us out there. Yeah, it's it's really universal. My research shows that 8.5 women out of 10 live with self-doubt and mm-hmm. it's constant and it's that negative voice that says you're not good enough, thin enough, nice enough, mom enough. And it's really an exhausting way to live, but it's very freeing when you come to learn that you're not alone, at least. You know, that's why I thought you'd be perfect for the show because my show is called Get the Funk Out. <laughs> and, yes. and I read your bio and I thought, you know, we all go through stuff. We just don't know how to battle these demons and the, the negative self-talk and you know, how did you go about finding this, you know, strength in you? Well, I spent many years in therapy, and I, I highly recommend it. I mean, if you're going to get the funk out, like, somebody usually is going to have to help you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, years of therapy, reading self-help books, watching lots of Oprah episodes while <laughs> drinking red wine. And I really took myself on as kind of a project. I wanted to learn about myself and why I felt the need so desperately to always be and do more. And, you know, what I realized was I was really living my life for everybody else. And I was doing everything for everyone, and I really didn't know who I was, um, despite having the the semblance of a lot of success in my life. But I am living proof that dragons can be slayed. That is amazing. What do you do to take care of yourself when you do find yourself in a funk? Is it something you do physically, mentally, emotionally? Well, one of the things I always make sure to do is I put myself on my calendar in reoccurring meetings. So I tell women all the time that you think you have a hard time saying no to other people, but the truth is you have a hard time saying yes to yourself. Yes. And put yourself on reoccurring meetings. So it might be, you know, riding an exercise bike once a week. It might be going for a walk, but it, it also doesn't have to be healthy. It could be drinking wine with your girlfriends, and you do that once a month. But that really helps me um, avoid falling back into the trap of giving all of my free time away to other people. Right. I, I have read a lot of articles about there's research. You, you need to be social. It's really good for you mentally, emotionally, and, and also just getting out there and moving your body. 
Yeah, absolutely. A lot of my own, you know, relief is either mental relief has either come from meditation of completely sitting still, you know, in the silence or, you know, exercising and getting out there and going for a hike or um, I'm not a runner, but, you know, going for a walk or um, it can just kind of cleanse your mental palate and also help you remember that the world is bigger than whatever you're going through right now or struggling with. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Catherine Winch. And so let me um, mention your book one more time, Slay Like a Mother, How to Destroy What's Holding You Back So You Can Live the Life You Want. Did this, was this kind of brewing for a while? Did you have this idea for this book? Yeah, well, I knew as soon as I healed myself and I slayed my dragon that I really wanted to share this message with other people. And I, I never honestly thought I would be an author. I do a lot of public speaking and a lot of workshops with women. But I felt like this would be a great way to get the message out there. And unfortunately, the book proposal was rejected for four years by 23 publishers. Mm-hmm. And so it's such a dream, you know, come true that I could have just healed myself and stopped. But yes. I knew that the tools that I had to share would change people's lives and so I never gave up and now the the paperback is coming out tomorrow so it's a second dream come true who's your publisher uh source books out of fantastic. Chicago you know fantastic publisher. That, this is a great lesson for everybody Catherine because it's so hard uh to be a writer and to not give up because you know you you get a, a slew of rejections and you think maybe I shouldn't write the book <laughs> You know, you know, but if you're really passionate about it, you should keep going because people are going to see how positive you are and how you are driven to get your message out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it certainly helps to have a publisher, but at the same time, there's so many people that are self-publishing and, you know, word of mouth spreads on good books. And so there can be many ways that a book can come into the world and change people's lives. Definitely. So how do you teach children to be dragon slayers? Well, what I do with my children um, is we discuss our peak and our pit every day. So usually when I'm putting them to bed, you know, what was the best part of your day and your worst part of the day? And, and you answered as well as your children. And it's a great way for your children to see that no day is perfect and that every day has a sucky part, you yeah. know, or a bad part. And mom has bad times or dad does. Yes. And it begins to let them open up and feel like they don't have to live under, you know, the the gauze of perfection, that they can make mistakes and have bad moments, and that will make them more resilient. Right. It's really important to try to get your kids to open up about their negative self-talk and just what's going on in their life. It's challenging. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But that's a like kind of a interesting, repetitive way to do it that doesn't feel like you're putting them on the spot or it's awkward. And they also get to talk about the best part of their day. But, you know, we live in a world with Facebook and Instagram where everything, we feel like we have to be so perfect. But that's a time where, you know, we just don't want to have too much of that air because it will make them feel um, isolated if they have that dragon of self-doubt. Yes. So what do you want mothers to know about this book? I want mothers to know that it's time to stop blaming our exhaustion just on the physical aspects, you know, of motherhood, that we're bringing ourselves down by the way that we speak to ourselves. And I always say mothers are not at war with other mothers. We're at war with ourselves. You bet. That's really what we need to battle. And this book will absolutely help you battle and win um, that fight that you're going through right now. So you said something earlier that you do a lot of public speaking was that hard for you at first? Because I know I'm, I'm not a, f- a fan of it, but it's something I, I do now. But it's always, you know, a struggle. Like you have this, 
you know, negative self-talk on your shoulder going, I, I don't think I'm going to be, you know, getting my message across or I don't feel very good or, you know, do you feel like that or have you overcome all that? Well, I might have like the opposite effect in that I grew up in the marketing and advertising industry and I love to speak publicly. Good, it's just such good. a joy for me. It's fun. But I would say where I felt, so it was natural for me. I started doing that before I started writing. was talking about all of this research on stages. Fantastic. But I did have some insecurities like more on the writing side because I, oh. I, I didn't see myself as a writer. Oh. So I saw myself as a speaker, but not necessarily a writer. So all the rejection was really hard. Like maybe I'm not you know, smart enough to write a book or, um, you know, it, so that was hard for me. And I felt that, you know, that a little bit more than on the speaking yeah. side, but it always seems to eke in our life somewhere, right? Definitely. Well, that's amazing that you had that power of your voice at a young age, you know, the confidence, because a lot of people battle with that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's something that I think you just have to remember that what, even if it makes you nervous or, you know, really uncomfortable that you have a really important message to share and it doesn't have to be shared, you know, perfectly. It just has to get out there. And so sometimes we all have to be vulnerable and put ourselves in situations that we weren't born and raised in, but yeah. that are really important if we want to help change people's lives. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. When did you discover your own dragon? Um, I, I discovered it much later in life, but upon doing a lot of soul searching and research, I can tell now that it was born when I was 15 years old mm -hmm. and it was, a, you know, first boyfriend broke my heart, which seems oh. really trivial, but it was the first no. time I experienced conditional love, right. you know, where someone said, I love you. And then they were like, no, I don't. Yeah. And, uh, that was hard for me. And, um, so my self-esteem kind of took a hit and then I proceeded to go and collect evidence of how, why that was true, you know, that I wasn't Aww. worthy of being loved. Oh. But I didn't come to that conclusion until I was in my 30s, you know, and really, really put the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how we let that earlier, you know, experience mold us and what we think of ourselves? Yeah, and it causes us to work overtime. So if you feel like crap about yourself, then you're like, I'm going to get that new promotion at work. I'm going to write that next book. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you're just constantly clamoring for more in whatever area of your life, you know, it shows up in. But it's such an exhausting way to live. You could just learn right. to like yourself and love yourself, and you wouldn't have to hustle so hard to be loved. Right. You know, and you don't realize until you're older that the materialistic things really are not going to make you happy long term. They'll probably last for maybe six months la um, maximum. Like I was giving a talk about the science of happiness and positive psychology, mm. and a bunch of us were talking at a bunch of experts, even one here from UCI, and there's something called hedonic adaptation. And, you know, you, you want that promotion. You want that job. You want mm. that house. You want that car. You know what? Your happiness level is going to be the same mm -hmm. in six months. Mm -hmm. You know, but what you're talking about is you will be happier if you work on the internal stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've all been there. You like you try to collect all the external trappings of success, the titles and the trophies in my case. Yeah. And, you know, I got to the hot, the top of a pretty high mountain in terms of career success. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, this is the view. <laughs> this exactly. is what I've been working so hard for. Boom. Yep. And I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I got off that mountain and I'm on a reasonable plateau and I'm just dancing on it. But I don't nice. need more exactly. in order to be happy. Right. So wh where can people find out more about you? Um, I invite everybody to 
follow along on um, Instagram at Slay Like a Mother, Facebook, Slay Like a Mother, and then we have a beautiful website, slaylikeamother.com, where there's some really compelling videos and other content about the book. I like how you talk about it's really important to have me time because a lot of us don't do that. We give ourselves to everybody else in our life. And I feel like if you don't have self-love and make yourself a priority, you're not going to be good to your people. No, it's, you're exactly right. It's the whole oxygen mask on the airplane. You know, you really, yeah. I feel like I'm a better wife, sister, daughter, mother, friend, etc. because I took the time, you know, and I do spend time with myself. I, ha- I do have more to share because the truth is you can't give away what you don't have inside. Yes, definitely. So we just have about a minute. Anything else you want listeners to know about your book, Catherine? Um, one of my favorite parts of Say Like a Mother is about the mean voice that's in your head and this negative self-talk that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And I just invite everybody to go to slaylikeamother.com. There's a phenomenal video where I shot um, mothers all across the country sharing the last terrible thing that they said to themselves, and Aww. it's just jaw-dropping. Um, but also will help you realize that a lot of women live with this dragon, but it, it can indeed be slayed. Definitely. Well, Catherine, thank you so much, and congratulations on your book. It's been great having you on the show. Great. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. That was author Catherine Winch. If you missed any part of this, everything is on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We're going to take a little break, and then we'll be back with my next guest. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.